What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Letterman Row. It is a huge off-season report edition of the program. That is Andy Backstrom. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May, on the other side of that screen. It is a big day for Ohio State because the Buckeyes have offered a key, have landed a key piece of this equation, trying to win a national championship next year. Louisiana Monroe transfer offensive lineman Victor Cutler, now a member of the Buckeyes program, announced his commitment to Ohio State on or this week. It is a huge addition for Ohio State. Not a big name, fellas, but it is a position of need for the Buckeyes, and it is a position that Victor Cutler can step in and either provide key depth or become a starter. Tim, I'll start with you. This is a big addition for the Buckeyes. What do you think? Uh, you know, at first glance, you, you, your first question is, who's Victor Cutler? And then, like you said, you did your homework on him and found out that, uh, you know, the PFF grades on him showed him faring extremely very, in my opinion, extremely well against uh, a couple of uh, uh, Power Five conference uh, schools in uh, Alabama and Texas over the last couple of years. So I think that that bodes well for him. I mean, clearly they've had the dragnet out to, to gain uh, one or two or three offensive linemen, whoever they can get their hands on. And, uh, you know, with his size and stuff, it looks to me like he projects, like you pointed out, uh, in an interior spot, either a guard or attack, a guard or center. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. At six two, what three hundred pounds? I think was his last measurements. But uh, anything helps at this point from a from a depth standpoint, or at least the room standpoint. Yeah, Andy, this is a big addition for the Buckeyes. Uh, again, not the biggest name. It's not going to be a guy who pops out and you think, oh, this is a difference maker for Ohio State. But it really could be a difference maker for Ohio State. Uh, you know, coming from Louisiana Monroe, that's not the, the shiniest program uh, in the South, but this is a guy who's proven himself against some pretty good competition. Well, that's a lot of offensive line transfers. They're guys from smaller schools generally that are making a big jump to get playing time at a big program like Ohio State. And we saw the other guys that they targeted in the portal this offseason. Yeah, there was Jeremiah Byers from UTEP that ended up going to Florida State. There was a Johnny Cornelius uh, that was, you know, looking at Ohio State as well, but he ended up at Oregon. You know, there's even Dylan Wade who went to Tulsa and then he ended up transferring to Auburn. So those are all guys they offered a tackle spot. This guy looks like he'll be more on the interior side, but he has played tackle in his career. But the small school thing, that's that's what you're going to see in the transfer portal. A lot of guys making that jump after having success, especially like Tim mentioned, against some power five competition, some great power five competition, no less. And I think that's what Ohio State's getting. Absolutely. This is a guy who started 21 games at Louisiana Monroe. He's appeared in 29 career games. He started at right tackle. He started every game this past season for Louisiana Monroe at left tackle. The Warhawks used him at center. Uh, you know, a, a, this is not the best program in the country, but when you see a guy go up against Will Anderson at Alabama and against, uh, you know, the defensive front that Texas has, really athletic front, not the most talented, but the most, but really athletic, and you see him only give up one pressure, one sack, no pressures and no sacks since Alabama, but against Texas, he gave up one sack. That Those are impressive numbers. He had an 84 pass blocking grade against Alabama, according to Pro Football Focus. That's really impressive considering you know, you're going against Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and all of the, the talent that Nick Saban has down there. This is a guy who's proven that he can play as a versatile offensive lineman. He can be a swing guy. You need a tackle, he could play tackle. You need a center, he can play center. You know, if you're, if you're looking for a guard, there's a possibility he could play guard. I'm told by by a pretty high-ranking source that, that this is a guy who might be end up on the interior. Is it at center? Is it a guard? I don't know. But he, he gives you some flexibility, some positional flexibility, where if Matthew Jones is going to stay at guard, if Donovan Jackson is going to stay at guard, 
maybe he's a tackle or if Donovan Jackson's going to go to left tackle and Josh Fryer plays right tackle, you know, this is, there's a possibility that he can play center or guard. And so all of that is to say the Buckeyes like versatility. They always have on the interior. They liked it when Paris Johnson could play guard and tackle. They liked it when Donovan Jackson has the capability of playing guard and tackle. You know, Josh Fryer's shown the ability to play inside out. Enoch Vimahi that Tim's really high on. So it's just another body that Ohio State can add. And and really you go from seven or eight deep now to to thinking, hey, you might be nine or ten deep depending on how the spring plays out, Tim. Yeah, like I said, that Tim's high on. <laughs> I like Enoch, man. He's gone in and I thought played well. I mean, yeah, he's had a couple of moments he'd wish he had back, but I thought he's he's played pretty well. I'm just standing up and defending my position. Uh, but uh, I still I think he's going to be a starter this year, barring, uh, you know, any other unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, you know, it's really funny when you go into the portal because obviously Jonah Jackson was a hell of a get for Ohio State several years ago, now playing for the, what, the Detroit Lions and playing well. Uh, you know, came from Rutgers, a Power 5 team. You know, I've always – but, you know, Ohio State's gotten burned a couple of times, you know, by guys that you projected as being – Hey, they're coming from here, so they they're they're going to be pretty good because uh, you know, like Alabama. You remember that one year they got a kid, and he turned out. I mean, you know, yeah. What well, my point is, you almost take a cautionary uh, approach to some of the castoffs from Power Five teams. If you follow my drift, you didn't quite live up to the billing where they were being recruited, and you look deeply into the tape of like a uh, a uh, Victor Cutler. I mean, uh, uh, clearly his tape impresses Ohio state or they wouldn't even have offered him. I am sure of that, you know, and uh, Justin Fry, I think sees where he can fit in uh, in some respect, either as a, uh, a vying for a starting job or, you know, at least being like maybe a six man. Cause he, here's a guy who has played, who has started 21 games out of 29. He's played in uh, at, on a major college level and on the power five level, he's played extremely well, like we talked about. So I don't think there's, I think this is a good uh, take a shot at this guy. Yeah, Tim, and that's exactly you know what this is. Is you know does he does he fit in the starting lineup? I don't know, but you know after playing after redshirting in 2019, playing a little bit in 2020, you play a little bit, you play eight games in 2021, then you start all 12 in uh, in 2022 for Louisiana Monroe, who didn't have the, a great year, but but you've got individual pieces that have now jumped in the transfer portal, and, and we've seen guys from various programs, like you said, Andy, you know. They offered Dylan Wade from Tulsa. They, Tulsa wasn't a good football program. That's why Kevin Wilson took over down. Is taking over down there. You know, Rhode Island is an FCS program that, that struggles, but a Johnny Cornelius is good enough to to make the jump. Ohio State kind of swung and missed on some of those guys. Victor Cutler now a guy who can come in, put his head down, get to work. I'm told that he's going to be arriving in time for spring practice. Uh, so you know the Buckeyes are adding much needed depth, if nothing else, at a position that they desperately needed depth, Andy. Yeah, I mean, from my time covering Boston College, a guy that comes to mind is Zion Johnson, who came from Davidson. I mean, that's another small school. And he ended up being their best offensive lineman in years, a first-round pick by the Los Angeles Chargers, immediate starter in the NFL. So a lot of it's how you're trending as an offensive lineman. If you look at Victor, I mean, he's, he had 200 snaps his first season playing, then 400-plus snaps, then 700-plus snaps. It's a lot about how you're trending. I think the PFF grades – you know, sometimes they're convenient to you. Sometimes they don't tell the full story. I think more of it is the tape, and we'll have to get more into that ourselves, but it seems like the Ohio State staff likes what it sees. And also there isn't this need to start him. If, you know, if he doesn't pan out the way they maybe think he could, 
that's okay to just have more depth because you need to be deep and you need to have positional versatility. If someone goes down, you want a guy who can play center, guard, tackle, or at least guard or tackle because then you have more flexibility to get your best five out there rather than trying to force someone in there because they can only play one position. So I think that's part of it too, just having multiple guys that could come in if needed at the guard spot or at the tackle spot. Yeah, and, and the other thing, keep in mind, I mean, uh, in the modern uh, transfer portal world, you know, still Ohio State, if they had signed Victor Cutler, what, three years ago, we'd still be probably ripping on that decision. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I don't think he was a five-star. Let me put it that way. But there are a lot of guys, lineman-wise, who aren't quite ready for prime time coming out of high school as opposed to a receiver or a running back. And, hell, even some quarterbacks now that just need to physically mature and get their feet under them uh, as a as a as a major college player, and like you just pointed out, Andy, I mean, a guy that goes from Davidson to Boston College to the LA Rams, I mean, that's that's a great example of what I'm talking about. I mean, you've got to be smart with the guys you pull in, but when you watch the video and have seen a progression by those guys, and I'm sure Ohio State has done that. Like I said earlier, uh, you're not taking as big a chance as some people might think. Yeah, and then you you couple that with the other news of this week that Ohio State landed another guy who's going to be arriving in time for spring, going to fill a, a need for reps, at, if nothing else, in spring practice. Uh, Tristan Jebbia, the former Oregon State quarterback, started four games for the Beavers, uh, led them to an upset over Oregon uh, in the 2020 COVID season. So he's got some experience playing at a high level. And now he joins the Ohio State football program in time for spring, along with Victor Cutler, a uh, little bit different roles, obviously. Uh, Tristan Jebby, I think, is coming in to be more of a coach to take some of those reps. Kyle McCord and Devin Brown can't take all of them in spring practice, and Lincoln Keenholz is not arriving until June. So Tristan Jebbia now can be that experienced guy in the locker room. I wrote on LettermanRoad.com on Tuesday, he now is the most experienced quarterback on the Ohio State roster. Uh, yep. he, has as many, he has as many appearances and three more starts than uh, Kyle McCord does. So – it's an interesting move for Ohio State. It fills a vacuum of having that fourth quarterback on the roster. It's a guy who, break glass in case of emergency, can step in and play. He's played at a high level. And also, he's going to be a coach in the meeting room. He's going to be a guy who, you know, in all honesty, this is probably a move almost similar to Gunnar Hoke, where you know he's not going to play. You know he doesn't need to play. But if he needs to get into coaching, he's going to have a good start uh, working with Ryan Day, working with Corey Dennis and, and Brian Hartline and all those guys. But also, again, break glass in case of emergency. You've got an experienced uh, guy on the bench, there, Andy, to uh, to fill that vacuum. Yeah, even even college even college football programs need a Case Keenum. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, and uh, this guy's mature. I mean, he's got the what the John Belushi Bluto brother Bluto Award. I mean, he's going into his seventh year of college, which is really well. You got to do the math on that and go back and recheck it. He signed with Nebraska out of Calabasas, California. Calabasas, which was in the news this past week, that's where Lisa Marie Presley was living, uh, RIP. But uh, but the bottom line is uh, he comes from a uh, that kind of an affluent area, went to Nebraska to begin with, and then when there was a coaching – I think he left at the coaching change, didn't he? I'm trying to remember what, what brought him to Oregon State because um, it's slipping my mind right now, thinking he was going to find paradise out there. It didn't happen. But uh, And then he had a – an injury that kept him out of what the 2021 season, if I'm not mistaken. So how he's ended up with seven years, sort of the Stetson Bennett plan is very interesting. But like you said, uh, um, it's uh, Spencer, it's, 
it's it's good to have a guy who has been under center or in the shotgun under duress, you know, on the roster who like push come to shove. And like you said, break glass only in emergency. You can use this guy. He might be better than that. Who knows? But uh, I don't think he's like you said, I think his eyes have got to be wide open when you've got two five star guys ahead of you on a roster who are who've been champing at the bit to get their shot. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he's pretty real realistic about what he's walking into. Don't you, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. But again, I think this is more of a chance to take in a coaching role, you know, an opportunity. Look at this, look at this staff and what they've done with graduate assistants, promoting guys, even from within. I mean, Brian Hartline's the latest example of a guy who's built his career there and, you know, rising up through the ranks, position coach to now a coordinator. And I think if you're looking at a staff that rewards loyalty, that rewards people coming in at a young age and trying to build their career, it's easy to say, well, hey, Maybe I could start as a player and, and start that track a little bit earlier. But, yeah, he's got to be one of the most experienced year-wise quarterbacks in college football right now. And the seventh year, to clarify, is because he had that injury waiver. He did get granted uh, yeah. because the injury that he had was a hamstring injury in, in 2020 against Oregon, actually, I think. And it was just so serious that it kept him out all of 2021. So that's why he does have that seventh year. Plus, the COVID year was another year. So originally you have five to play four, but then it was six to play five. And now it's seven to play six technically for him so yes he is a seventh year grad transfer yes he probably won't play but he can offer a lot of help in practice a lot of help from the coaching standpoint and also just having a veteran mind in there I think will be good for that room really quickly before we get out of here as Ohio State adds two guys from the transfer portal onto the roster I think there are 87 now scholarships Tim uh the transfer portal philosophy for Ohio State and again just just a quick thought on this it seems like the Buckeyes are getting more aggressive. I still believe they're going to be aggressive yet again in the May transfer window, whenever that opens. Uh, just your thoughts on Ohio State seemingly becoming more aggressive as as this transfer portal era uh, comes to be. Yeah, well, number one, you still got to have guys, you know, possibly leave, you know, uh, two to open open some slots, uh, you know, and and for example, uh, uh, Tristan uh, Jibia is. I think he's a great, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's not necessarily transfer portal. He's a graduate transfer guy, you know what I mean? Which is a, a little bit of a different definition the way I understand it, uh, the way you look at it, but uh, you, you've got to be aggressive now in the transfer portal. You've got to maybe save scholarships now to be able to go in and reload when you have guys leave and you have maybe a couple of surprise guys like JK Johnson uh, leave Luke Whipler was a surprise to me. Uh, you've got to be you've got to be immersed in that thing and have a list, uh, uh, basically every position. And that's just like Ryan Day said. You know, if that's the rules, if that's if that's the new way of playing the playing the game, you got to step up and be an expert at playing that game. And I think Ohio State is increasingly going to do that. Andy. Yeah, you got no choice. You have to, whether you like it or not. I think there were a few years there as this started to go off with the transfer portal that some coaches were still trying to stick to the high school recruiting. And I think you can do that more than most programs can at Ohio State. But eventually, like we're seeing, you can't just stick to that plan. You got to add guys. And maybe it isn't the big names. Maybe it isn't the Justin Fields every year, you know, or the Trey Sermons. It, it's guys yeah. that you can find that can be impact players, maybe depth-wise, they give you that boost in a position group that has taken a hit, like the offensive line, where three guys that were starters are going to the NFL draft. And you need bodies in there, quite frankly. Maybe he ends up being a starter. Maybe he doesn't uh, in terms of Victor Cutler. But you still need guys in that room in case there's some 
just catastrophic event where, where you have injury after injury and you need someone to step up to at least give yourself a chance to field a team that has experience and you're not just sending out freshmen there and, and looking like you're a little bit lost. Yeah, and a great example of how it can impact a team is what happened to TCU this year. You know, they had, what, 13 transfer portal guys on that team, totally rebuilt that team, a 5-7 and seven team, played for the national championship. Well, wait a minute, let's put this. It got to the national championship game. <laughs> Whether it played for the national championship is up to conjecture. But, but yeah, I mean, Michigan State a couple of years ago, you can fix things in a heartbeat if you do them the right way. Yeah, and Ohio State has done that so far this offseason um, on paper, uh, adding an offensive lineman now uh, as they add former Louisiana Monroe offensive lineman Victor Cutler. They added Jihad Carter, the starting yep. safety at Syracuse, who has a lot of experience, brings a lot of tenacity to that defensive backfield. And I don't believe the Buckeyes will be done. I think the May window will be very fruitful for Ohio State if, it, if it's got guys in there that can help the Buckeyes win a national title. I think they will take them. Uh, Ohio State getting a little more aggressive in the transfer portal. The latest addition is just Victor Cutler. Uh, but I am just Spencer Holbrook as we get out of here on the latest offseason report. That's Andy Backstrom. That's Tim May. As always, thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you for joining us, fellow people who watch this show. Thank you for supporting Letterman Row. But for Tim, for Andy, I'm just Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys back for another offseason report very soon.